everyone, this is Dr. Erin Stair. Some of you know me as Dr. Eeks from bloomingwellness.com. How are you? This is another episode of Causes or Cures. And um, listen, I hope it's not too loud. Um, the traffic outside is is pretty calm at the moment, but who knows? Anything can happen. Uh, and I am just not going to pay a thousand bucks for a studio or however, however much it costs. Anyhow, um... <laughs> Okay, so in this podcast, we're going to answer an easy question today, and that is, what happens when you die? Yep. Nah, nah, just kidding. That is above my pay grade. But, you know, it always baffles me when people think they know the answer to that question. Like, if you're religious, you might believe in some kind of afterlife and have a really distinct view of of what that afterlife looks like. If you are a materialist, um, like a philosophical materialist, you might reject anything outside of matter, anything you can see, touch. Uh, So you probably think nothing happens, but no one knows. No one knows. But it's fun and it's intriguing to explore glimpses of what might happen. So I'm talking about near-death experiences. Wow. Um... So listen, there there are people who have had a near-death experience, and they can describe them. Um, there's enough of them out there that researchers can, you know, take these near-death experiences and look for patterns and trends and analyze them from a qualitative perspective. Um, they've done animal studies on near-death experiences and, and other human studies, so... Today, here to discuss this really fascinating topic, um, I'm, I think it's fascinating, is Dr. Walter von Locke. Um, he is calling in from Germany because that's where he lives. He is a doctor. He is an orthopedic surgeon, a professor. Um, he also owns his own book publishing company, which is kind of cool. Um, And he's considered um, one of the top researchers on near-death experiences. He's written a bunch of books on this topic. Uh, He's been featured on various shows. Um, So he's going to talk about what a near-death experience is, uh, how people describe it, are there any similarities, um, you know, who it happens to, what's going on with the brain. He's going to talk about the current body of, of research, what that is showing, uh, what it's not showing. And then he's going to talk about his theory, which is something really cool, um, something about two polar symmetrical worlds, this idea of an informational world and a physical world, um, and maybe where those two collide. So uh, it's really interesting, and I'm really glad I could connect. He actually figured out the time difference, thank God, Every, every guest I've had on this show who's in a different country, they always figure out the time difference because I always get it wrong. So um, luckily it worked out, and we're going to uh, connect to Germany now and put him on the line. Um, so anyhow, I, again, thanks so much for doing this. Um, now, if I've read, you know, I read some about your background and your articles. So you are a sports medicine doc- or an orthopedic specialist, sports medicine. Um, I'm an orthopedic specialist, an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, you are. Oh, okay. Orthopedic surgeon. Wow. Also, so, also a sports medical doctor. Yeah. So you, you know, there are some, some different types of 
of uh, uh, yeah, topics, yeah. Uh, let's say. So sports medicine or acupuncture, pain medicine, uh, osteopathy, right, and uh, physiotherapy as well. But I'm an orthopedic surgeon. Okay, okay. So um, that's really cool. Um, but here you, you've published a, a bunch of articles and books, and you also own your own publishing company. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's so you do a lot here. And then a lot of your the stuff you write about is on near-death experiences. And I wouldn't have guessed that based on the fact that you're an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> I just, um, so how did you be, <laughs> and that wasn't an insult. That was just like intriguing. I was like, wow. So how did you become interested in near-death experiences? You know, I already had a life before becoming an orthopedic surgeon. So <laughs> that's the reason why I started with different things as well. Uh, but anyway, I had some problems in the late 70s uh, of the last century. And uh, this was the start of my, yeah, let's say, uh, investigation or investigations about natural sciences and near-death uh, 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 near problems as well, mm -hmm. or near-death experiences as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, this uh, uh, accompanied me uh, during my study, during my work over the last 40 or more than 40 years. So let's say 40 years. 40 years. Um, mm -hmm. I'm okay. 64. Okay, okay. So, Okay, so let's just dive right in, I guess. Um, I, I, I just actually watched, I don't know if you saw the Netflix special on, on near-death experiences, some of which I thought was good, some of it I thought was um, a little bit out there. But uh, you know, so one thing that strikes me as most interesting when I read about near-death experiences is how lucid the people seem to be. Um, it seems like they're the opposite of what you'd expect to happen. Um, and I think in one article I read, it was like 80% of patients with near-death experiences describe their thinking as being very, very clear. Is that yeah. consistent with your research? Um, or in your opinion, how do most people describe a near-death experience? Most people believe that uh, in this point, these moments, their perception was extraordinarily fine. They say that they have never had such a similar ex uh, perception before during uh, their original life here. And uh, most of the people say, said, as you already said as well, that their, uh, uh, that their orientation was absolutely clear and that what they experienced during their uh, uh, their time was, uh, let's say, absolutely real. That's what they always say. Absolutely real. Real, yeah. They say it was as real as it is talking to you, for example, in this moment, or sitting on my chair, or, or doing something different. The same reality or the same aspect of real. Okay. Um, so I've read about uh, okay, so there's near-death experiences, and there's a complex near-death experience. I've seen them yeah. categorized. What, what is the difference? There are differences, you know. Uh, it depends on how long it 
how long do you have this experience? If you have this experience just for maybe a few seconds, because then you're already reanimated, resuscitated, then you won't be able to tell us much about your experience. And then sometimes this can also be a reason for that people say, my experience was not very well, because mostly these experiences started with, start with, uh, let's say, a bad, uh, noises or uh, darkness and and uh, some kind of fear and uh, uh, all the other more beautiful things let's say they are coming up later so many people are resuscitated very early and then they talk about their uh, 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 experience but they say it was not very good let's say this is about five percent of all the rest, the, the uh, rest of 95% of all those who experience such an experience, they say it was very nice, it was beautiful, it was very well, I was well orientated, I saw people, uh, I've uh, seen, uh, I haven't seen for a long time because they died long time ago and, uh, and so many different things. Uh, there are some, let's say, frames and uh, patterns and some of these patterns are what I already mentioned, the darkness in the very beginning, then a very, very beautiful, warm, and let's say loving light coming up, then seeing people, mostly people who uh, uh, they knew before, but they were already, dead, uh, already dead. And sometimes uh, let's say mystifications more light than a person, but then interpreted as a person or a special uh, mystic guy. Uh, for example, Christians say they have met uh, Jesus or Maria, and, and, and people with other religious backgrounds say they have seen uh, different other guys of their religion, uh, you know, but the pattern is the same. There was a very beautiful, nice, warm, and loving guy just light, not, not even describable. And that's the reason why they interpret so this way. Then some people, they see their life, uh, mostly what they, have, uh, uh, what they have done during their own lives and what they have done to others. Very important thing. They are not only passive viewers, like in a cinema, they are also active uh, 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 active in this uh, panorama, what they see then, and uh, uh, this deals with that what happened during their life, most uh, uh, important dates during their life, but also from the point of view of others who were in uh, dear uh, in, in in very let's say close contact to the uh, just uh, died people uh, or just dying people. And uh, then very important, the last part, uh, most of those people, they, of, although they uh, are happy when they are resuscitated, but they do not want to be resuscitated. Sometimes they see themselves lying somewhere on the, on the uh, operative table or maybe uh, uh, where, where, where the, the accident happened and they see themselves being resuscitated in that moment and they do not really want to be resuscitated and they don't want to come back. But when uh, having come back then, 
uh, they try to change their life in a more spiritual way, helping other people much more than they did before. And uh, they all, all of them, uh, they lose their fear of death. And this is a very important thing. It's funny though, um, when you say they come back like that, because sometimes when I get like a call out of the blue, and someone's like really nice to me who was really ma- like mean for a while. I always ask them if they've had a near death experience, um, jokingly, but it's it's still interesting. Um, when you mentioned the the religious groups, you know, the Christians and stuff like that. In um, I, I grew up Catholic, and I know there's a lot of you know metaphors and all that. Um, is is are near death experiences more common in people who um, have a, a religious belief? No, no, not at all. No. Okay. All of, uh, no, it, uh, there, that's no reason at all. So uh, it doesn't matter whether you are a Catholic or whether a Buddhist or whether you don't believe at all, uh, maybe grown up in, in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a, dictat, a dictator or something like this. It doesn't even matter. Uh, in the moment you have such an experience, then it has its, let's say, it, it, it works on, on, on its own way and it doesn't conflict all the others you don't think about. You don't even think about backgrounds, cultural or religious backgrounds you have had during your, let's say, life here. And it's completely different. And those people who come back from such an experience, those who have had such an experience, they uh, afterwards say that uh, they do not believe all those metaphorisms and metaphors anymore they have heard about during the, 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 the whole life uh, when they were in churches or when they were wherever, uh, uh, they don't believe it anymore that way. That's interesting. Um, now, did anyone ever have a, a bad near-death experience where they're like, oh my God, I want to hurry up and resuscitate me, doctor? Yes, certainly. That's what I already mentioned. About 5% of all people uh, have a bad uh, uh, experience. Um, why? Huh. Maybe first of all, because some of those people are resuscitated very early and mostly such an experience, near-death experience, starts with, let's say, bad or uh, bad noises or, or darkness and fear okay. and, and coldness and so on. But many of the other people also uh, had uh, yeah, contact with the main topics of their life mm. and how they felt uh, uh, from the view of the, uh, from the point of view of others who were in, in, in close contact with them, and m- maybe if you if you were not very nice to other people during your life, then uh, uh, you would be affected uh, uh, severely. Uh, uh, nobody is there to judge you, but you judge on your own. You're right. Oh, that, okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so that like you wouldn't necessarily want to be stuck in all of eternity with that feeling. Um, I want to ask you next about, you know, I've read about this burst of electrical activity that shows up on EEGs. um, And for anybody who listens to, I'm not recording this live, but that's just a way to measure um, 
brain activity, electrical activity in the brain. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's detected, like there's, there's this burst of electrical activity detected, um, I guess, during near-death experiences or at time of death, even people who die, they pick this up. Um, so can you just talk a little bit more, more about that? Well, this is a very interesting thing because uh, it was firstly detected on men, afterwards detected on rats, and uh, after that, again detected on people. Uh, people, incidentally, rats, uh, it was investigated, you know, they, they, uh, uh, they died after injection and then they, uh, it, uh, they were measured and it was detected. So after a few seconds being already dead with no more curves, no more uh, electric, electric activities from the brain uh, can uh, being detected, then suddenly uh, uh, it starts and it starts after a few seconds, let's say about 30, 20, 30 seconds, uh, sometimes a little bit later, and it lasts uh, about 30 seconds as well, sometimes a little bit more. And the very interesting thing is nobody can really say, is it the moment when people have such a near-death experience? That's what they always try to say. And uh, maybe they, they, they want to say, OK, well, in that moment, we found such a very uh, high uh, electricity electricity or electric activity in your brain from coming from your brain and that's the reason you are not really dead that's the reason why you have this experience but you were not really dead the problem is uh, you do have such an or uh, this electric activities are detected detected in the same time all over the brain uh, being like like a hurricane affecting all parts of your brain and uh, this is something what you and in uh, or, or let's say with electric waves in the uh, you also have in the moment when you uh, are very uh, uh, very deep involved in thinking in in uh, thinking about some things or in, in learning some things also with high um, with high yeah no. spiritual no no high what do you say uh, uh, this is problem sometimes that's okay uh, I, I understand what you're saying with high endeavors you say uh, you must say a high endeavor of, of thinking and mm -hmm. uh, 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 yeah and this is on and and all over all parts of your brain in the same moment for a while. Uh, you have never, you don't have this uh, during other parts or during other situations in your life. You don't have this. Sometimes if you measure your, if you, if you detect your brain activities, you see some brain activities in some parts of your brain when thinking, when doing this or doing that, or maybe performing sports, but it differs. And you never have such a high rate of activity, electric activity all over the whole brain in the same moment. And this is just for about 30 seconds. So the explanation should be completely different, not that 
in that moment, you you know, you you get a gift from nature, uh, 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 having such a near death experience. No, it's like a backup where all information which are still uh, uh, stored somewhere in your brain, mostly are not. But if the information which is stored in your brain maybe is in that moment backed up and going away. That's the, my explanation for this. Overall, uh, uh, over the complete area of the brain, uh, um, uh, having a very, very high and strong electric activity. Um, all right, I'm gonna get, and I'm gonna get back to uh, two things that you touched in there. Um, now, obviously, there are people who don't believe in you know, that life goes on in some way or consciousness goes on in some way. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, one theory that I read, I'm sure there's theories out there, is that hypoxia or lack of oxygen in the brain causes um, a loss of the, you know, the sodium potassium potential. And it leads to this like huge cascade of electricity. Um, some people have proposed that as a hypothesis. What are your thoughts on on these other sorts of theories that are proposed? I guess materialistic type, right? Like, um, certainly, yeah, it's necessary. You should do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, discussion is not possible. You know, uh, uh, there are three. Let's say three basic theories. The first is hallucinations. The second is the, uh, lack of, uh, of of oxygen and uh, hypercapnia. And the third is some drugs. Now, hypercapnia, just for people, that means increased carbon dioxide, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's okay. increase of carbon. Okay. Uh, let's say, this is, you know, when, when you have a lack of, lack of oxygen, then the, hub, uh, the, the carbon oxide uh, increases in the same moment. Right. So, uh, to hallucinations. First of all, hallucinations can only occur uh, in the moment or when your brain or uh, some uh, sense organs like your eyes or your ears are, let's say, <sighs> intact, or let's say are Working. not severe damaged. Because otherwise you won't have optical hallucinations or acoustical hallucinations. And in the moment you don't have any electric uh, activity uh, uh, in your brain, in, uh, uh, in the outer parts of the brain, then you can't have an hallucination. Uh, only with the, the inner parts of your brain, you can't hallucinate. Uh, a crocodile cannot hallucinate. So hallucination means your brain must be, let's say, your, or the outer parts must be intact. Uh, so, okay. but we only have, we also have, we also have near-death experiences during situations where definitely where no, where definitely were no uh, electric activities as we know, as we have detected during that. For example, the first one was detected in 1991 in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where uh, a lady, a country singer from the United States, uh, uh, had a, a, a severe brain, or a, a, a bigger brain operation due to an aneurysm. And uh, during this situation, during this operation, uh, she had, uh, that was the first one, we have, uh, ha we have different ones uh, meanwhile, but this was the first one and well 
known that she had her uh, uh, near-death experience right in the moment where no brain electricity was detected, detected anymore. So hallucination cannot take place in that moment. The second is the oxygen. Certainly, in the moment you have an accident, for example, you might have a, a lack of oxy oxygen and uh, you will have maybe a near-death experience in that moment that can be possible, that's true. But most of the people today, nowadays, most of the people who have near-death experience do have them uh, uh, on operative tables during operations, during surgeries, uh, and not uh, due to accidents. So in the moment you, are, um, mm. you, you undergo a surgery, you have so much oxygen, mm. you will never have again during your life. You know, mm. uh, this, is, this is a moment where you have so much oxygen and also you have, uh, also in these moments you have uh, uh, near these experiences. And, uh, you know, you can have them without oxygen, but you also have them with oxygen. So oxygen cannot be the explanation for getting a near-death experience. And the same is to drugs. Most of the drugs, whatever, are they even, um, either they are uh, produced by your brain or by your body itself, or they are, uh, you have got them by, by, by medical doctors or, or medical staff, all drugs, uh, make pathological uh, uh, reactions, but not physiological reactions or not, and mostly, and, and, and never, almost never, uh, more than maybe uh, uh, the feeling of lack of happiness or the feeling of, of uh, euphoria, euphorism. But, you know, people who have near this experience, they come back and say, I was loved. I felt love. I have never felt so much love during my life. Maybe, maybe not. But many say such things, and they never say, "Okay, I feel I felt very happy." Uh, if you are uh, proved by the by the NASA, for example, uh, 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 being an astronaut and somewhere in such a uh, rotating, how do you say, in such a very very fast Orbit? rotating? Yeah. No, you know oh, what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those people, you know, those people, they they have lack of oxygen. They feel some uh, some parts of those who have an, uh, who have an, uh, uh, near this experience, but not in this quality, and not in this quantity. And uh, they come back and say, "Okay, um, I ha I do not have any real." Uh, uh, um, I, uh, uh, remembrance. I, 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 Memory, I, don't re yeah. I don't remember much of that what happened during my, my in this situation, but I, I was not very good, very well orientated during my, my uh, 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 circumduction uh, in, this, in this apparatus. Mm. But uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> those people who have, who have the, the, the near this experience, they do really have feel different. They feel they feel uh, orientated uh, very well. They feel everything happens really. They can remember everything, not as people in such a uh, very fast slingshot. Uh, and um, mm. and they come back and say, okay, uh, uh, 
I didn't want to come back. Those people who are uh, uh, during such a situation in the slingshot yeah. of the NASA, they they come back and say, okay, it was it was not so much. Uh, okay, that didn't bother me so much, but but I I don't like it so much as well. People who have these uh, uh, near this experience, they have quantitative and qualitative differences, and this is very very important. So uh, drugs do not explain it, lack of oxygen does not explain it, and hallucinations cannot explain near-death experiences at all. Um, that was that was a very thorough explanation. Um, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, and I, this is kind of, kind of seg a great segue when um, you talk about people and they say, oh, I don't want to come back. And you have the evolutionary psychologist, those guys who, um, um, they have an explanation for, for a lot of things. So they say, oh, it's a gift. Um, and you mentioned that word before, and we can come back um, from these, you know, evolution has made this possible. So like we, we come close to death and we come back and we tell everybody, oh, it's wonderful. It's not, there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, so that's kind of how they explain a near death experience. Like it, there is an evolutionary basis. However, as you also mentioned before, they've done studies in rats and not to discount rats, um, you know, cause I read a book called rats and it made me a lot more sympathetic about rats, but they're rats and they're not talking that like, you, I haven't seen a talking rat. Um, perhaps they're, they talk or communicate in their own way, but I don't think a rat is gonna die and then come back and be like, hey guys, don't worry about it. Um, so yeah. I ate I ate the poison, but they didn't get me. I came close, and let me tell you, like it's awesome. There's trash bags everywhere. You're gonna have a great life. So, right? Like how how does that work when there's animal studies here too? Let's first answer the first part of your question. Uh, the evolu evolutionists they don't have an idea why nature gives you this gift at the end of your life. Why it doesn't give <laughs> give, uh, give the, this gift in the beginning of your life, or let's say when you are grown up a little bit, but at the end of your life, what should it explain that you that some of you, uh, not everybody, some of the people they have a, they they get such informations, uh, not all of them in the same moment, just some, and they say uh, hello. It seems to be quite different than we believe. Uh, why should it be such a gift? Evolutionaries, they have to talk about why evolution takes place and the evolution takes place or the main topic of the evolution, the main uh, uh, aspect of evolution is certainly that you grow up and uh, uh, get new Newcomers that you try and new children, for example, and, right. and, and, and get, you know, they, you have to stabilize your, your, uh, uh, your uh, species. That's it. That's necessary. But you don't have any necessity to get a gift before you die. So, and most of the people, they die without being able to talk about these things and telling you that they have had a very beautiful a very beautiful beautiful experience some we know this from history maybe this is the reason why all religions all over the world came up during uh, not, not centuries millions of years because some of the people had such 
experiences and they told others about these experiences and then you know then uh, legends came up and whatever uh, and legends be are or were formed to religions and to myths and so on so this is the first time evolutionaries they had to tell you that there is a reason and then they must also tell you well why not everybody talks about just these things just a few and this is incidentally so the second is as you already mentioned rats <laughs> rats were investigated and they also have the same uh, uh, the same activity brain activity just after being dead after a few seconds after dying uh, this activity started all over, and this is a very important thing to mention again and again, all over the brain in a very, very strong way. The same to rats, the same to people, the same to men. Why? The answer cannot be, as you already mentioned, that rats have uh, near-death experiences and come back and tell other rats, well, it is not that bad when you go. This is, you know, this is uh, just a joke. Certainly, this is uh, nonsense. There must be an explanation. And my explanation is quite different, as I already told you. The explanation is everything what is still stored in your brain, but belongs to that what can be, that means information, uh, uh, complex information still stored in your brain that must go, that is has that has to be backed up as you do a backup before you change your computer you must do the same you must store everything you must back up everything because otherwise you have some lags afterwards and that's the reason the same have to uh, the same belongs to rats rats are also informational beings and all information cannot be disturbed at all okay. during the whole during all times and during the world, but as com more complex information is, as more complex this information is, uh, is uh, living further on after death, but rats do not know that they also live uh, 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 after their death. We do because we because we have a, a self consciousness, and this is the reason why we know what happens afterwards as well. This is the difference. They also live, but we know that we live. Um, so that would be true for anything. That, that I guess I guess I mean I mean my I mean lots of you know lots of people that would probably be but that's a very comforting for people like who lose their dogs or their cats. Um, you know, uh, my dad's a veterinarian and, and I'm a big animal lover. So, and there's always this question yeah. like, well, what happens? The dog is not gone. The right. dog is still living, but the dog does know that it is still living. You will know that you are still living and you will be able to find the dog again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also live in New York City, so I can I can let the rats know and they'll probably, <laughs> <laughs> there's a ton of them out now, let me tell you. Um, so, you know, in, in your writings, you talk a lot about, and then you just, you basically just mentioned this, the two polar symmetrical worlds, the, the physical world and the informational world. So yes. these are two things happening at the same time. Um, yes. So what, okay. Um, now, so where you, is- you are, you, are still, you are still part of both worlds, you know? 
Okay. <laughs> and you will never get rid of the information which is uh, which is growing up in you and with you the same time when you are here. The difference is when you die, your body cannot exist anymore because it is necessarily terminated as all physical things some when. But uh, uh, the but the the real personality you are that is your informational your complex informational person and this real personality it is it, it it still lives further on without any without any seizure it is just living and sometimes that's what you find by uh, you can figure out by some people who have such near-death experiences they say i were sitting I was sitting somewhere in the corner of my my ceiling and looked down on the let's say uh, 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 let's say uh, uh, place of of uh, of accident where I'm still uh, lying and people were surrounding me and they were humping on my throat and whatever they tried to resuscitate me and I you know I'm very reliable over there and see and look this and when I look at me in my position now then i said i'm just the same people i'm just the same person what are they doing with this uh, uh, wreck there what are they doing with this uh, 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 rot people uh, or rot person down uh, laying down or lying down there uh, i'm the same i i feel as i felt before i do not feel different that's what the people say they you know they they themselves in that moment they are dying they they don't feel any difference mm. the difference is just for those people who are uh, uh, who are here uh, and and still alive in this uh, meaning what we call alive that's the difference now how does consciousness play into this is that what you would call the informational world or no no. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Consciousness is a part of informational world. It's a part, just a part. Consciousness is, uh, is also under evolution and is evolving as we are involving. We are involving on a physical uh, way or in physical aspect with physical aspects and we are also that means all the species not only men and we are also involving in our spiritual uh, abilities or uh, uh, and, and 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 all these things which need a special let's say instrument to to uh, uh, to be able to, uh, to 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 transform this in our physical world and this uh, instrumental system is called our central nervous system or central nervous system or maybe our brain so and consciousness is a very complex part in this evolution it's a higher part of the info evolution of our spiritual part in this world we have these two parts and they are polar symmetrical that's true and the physical one uh, is uh, is uh, uh, is indicated by let's say ends and it is also uh, uh, also uh, it has uh, is limited 
And, uh, and the other way, the, the spiritual part is not limited and, uh, and uh, space is unlimited as well and time is unlimited as well. And, uh, and, and this is the difference. And you, but you, you still have both parts. You are not aware or most of the people are not aware that they have two different parts. And this, the second part, the spiritual one is completely different to the physical one, what you are aware of. And uh, in the moment you die, you don't see any difference. You will have a difference, certainly, but you don't see the difference as well first, because you are still, uh, you are still a complex, a complexly involved uh, informational uh, person, and that what is uh, uh, what is starting. A new life in that moment you die is your personality, what a Christian then calls a soul. But the, these are different words. Maybe they have different explanations for that, but uh, it's, it's the same. Um, what do you say to, I mean, you're an orthopedic surgeon, that's as practical as it gets. Um, what do you, well, it is. What do you say to people who, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of, um, like negative feedback or, you know, someone's, that's crazy. Um, no, that can't be true. What, what, what do you say to the naysayers? Now, what will you do? Uh, wait. Wait. Just wait, you'll see. Because yeah. You, you, yeah, you know, I, the only I can do is, to, you know, I can try to convince those people by giving them arguments. I never say it is proof, as I say. Right. I never say everything is evidenced uh, uh, or proved. Uh, this, these are arguments. But what I do also with my books and all these workshops and whatever I, I uh, practice, all these things, they try to give you a very broad, arg uh, very broad uh, 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 yeah, uh, area of arguments and all these arguments they say when you try to 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 put them together so that they match then all these arguments say there must be more and there must be much more and there is a a, a red knot uh, and this uh, red uh, 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 yeah how do you say uh, <clears throat> There is a red thread, let's say a red thread. This red thread is elementary mathematics. And the elementary mathematics, they give you some, yeah, let's say some hints how it should work obviously in this world. Because if you look into the world, if you look into cosmology, or if you look into physical things, then you see that there are all some uh, uh, things, uh, um, uh, some interfaces between obviously the, the physical part and some parts what you can't explain phenomena anymore. Uh, and this is the, 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 the interface between, let's say, information and the, inter, uh, and, and, and the physical world where all these things happen. But why do they happen in the way as we see them and as we can measure them wherever we look to in the whole uh, universe? They work because there are some, obviously, there are some mathematical uh, 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 mathematical rules 
or geometrical rules. And these mathematical and geometrical rules can so give you, can then give you some hints how the whole universe, how the whole universe might work. And mm. uh, uh, and if you look like uh, uh, to all these things and try now and uh, and uh, and now look to all the topics you have and all these special fields you have of natural sciences as well, then you can figure out that obviously those things match in all these fields the same way. And, uh, uh, and that's the reason why I say, I give you the arguments, they are very broad and uh, uh, they, come up from all those natural sciences and other fields, medical fields as well. And uh, they match, they also match with those, let's say phenomena or, uh, uh, or, or, or yeah, um, things what happen and people describe, but cannot be proved, uh, mm -hmm. but it works, it matches. And, uh, uh, and this is the reason, uh, I give, or this is uh, something I can give you. You can you can build on these steps. You can build on these grounds, but it is your decision to do that or not. And if you don't want to do that because you still believe you're going to, uh, you are still going to believe in, in in different things which are just parts of the materialistic view of the whole system. It's up to you. It's your problem, not my problem. You will die somewhere, and in the moment you will die, you know, then you will maybe reflect all these things and say, okay, I was talking to somebody, such a very strange guy, and uh, he told me all these things, and now I know he was right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but... <laughs> but, <laughs> How many times have you heard, I was talking to this very strange guy, and it turns out he was right. Um, that's, yeah, <laughs> um, the problem, no, only, let me, let me just add this. The problem now only is that many people, they live like they think or like they believe, mm -hmm. and they believe that death is their end. Death will terminate his, their lives. Right. But uh, uh, actually this is not true. So, but because they live like they think or believe, they do things they should not do, especially when affecting or bothering other people. And this is a very bad and severe problem in the whole world, I know, uh, still or in, in, in these moments, in these moments. And, um, and this, will these, uh, this will their problem as well. And so I, I do also have a little, let's say a little bit the mission to help those people to to improve their after death life because they have to get rid of their guilt they build up here. And this uh, uh, will come up to everybody uh, I know and everybody has to, uh, has, uh, to get justice uh, what they can't get over here in this life, but they, they, they must try to to look for uh, uh, justice and, and it will come up, but it needs uh, to go to everybody. <laughs> really, mm. it, 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 it sounds uh, very, very strange, but they really <laughs> have to go. I know that it, it sounds very strange. They have to 
they have to contact everybody, everybody. Um, they have affected or bothered here, over here, in their life. They have time enough, but they have to do that. I and mean, this is a very strange problem for many, many people to, uh, to realize it. To you realize are, it. You, I mean, if yeah. I may be completely honest, you almost talk like you've been through one yourself. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I, when, okay, so you know, like when they, I just have two more questions for you. Um, then I have to go to work. Um, so when you, you know, when you talk, like science always tries to be method, like method, well, they try to test things, you know, uh, and set up, um, like I always say the method section is the most important part of a clinical trial because it's not the conclusion because the conclusion depends on how you set up your trial, how do you measure things, um, right. So, you know, and I was reading about like the AWARE trial, which made me laugh in a way because like they I think they set up like um, objects on shelves in like resuscitation rooms so like if somebody had a near-death experience they'd come back and describe like the picture frame on the top shelf or I don't know like the Ikea mug or something um, what, what what like I don't feel like if I had a near-death experience I'd be focusing on oh what's on this shelf like I just don't think I would but Maybe I would, um, like, so you know, in terms of trying to like, I guess, analyze this scientifically. Do you think it's possible to do that, or just we just we're not there yet? And you know, in that kind, I mean, that that methods section read kind of crazy to me, but I don't know. It's, it's some kind of crazy because uh, you try to to focus the people on such uh, uh, very nonsense thing things. Um, for example, uh, they had shelves in uh, um, uh, around, I guess, 250 or two, uh, no, 300, 200. I don't, uh, no, I don't remember the, the, the real uh, uh, figure, but it was in 25 hospitals on five continents where they had built these shelves, shelves with very, let's say, irrelevant geometrical pictures on top of such a shelf and from the bottom see, uh, can be seen from the bottom uh, of such a shelf and they differed so on top was another geometrical figure uh, then uh, below for example circles or squares or something like this or triangles not more so and then this is the next thing uh, what we know afterwards uh, Seven, in 78% of all locations where resuscitations took place were no shelves, only in 22%. So let's say, let's, uh, so we have to talk about 22% of, uh, uh, of a real uh, good or let's say well-designed uh, shelf system. The rest was really nonsense. Mm. So then, uh, in the moment you have a near-death experience, you yourself are so extraordinarily uh, uh, irritated about that what is coming up. You see yourself some lying somewhere on the ground, for example, on the floor, on the table, or whatever, and you 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 feel yourself completely different, uh, but not differing from 
your body you, or from your personality, you feel as a complete intact personality, but being somewhere else. And you see people uh, coming up very fast to you and trying to resuscitate you and whatever, all these things uh, you know. Uh, and this in this kind of irritation, I'm pretty sure you will never figure out that there was a circle or a, a triangle or a square uh, being or lying on a shelf as a picture. Uh, this is, you know, this is completely nonsense. And uh, when I talk about such things in my, let's say, certainly in German, but when I talk about such things in, in, in a workshop or in a lecture, then I, I show those people a very, very uh, uh, popular video where two groups of people were playing ball and, uh, and, 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 and throwing the balls to each other. One group is white and the other group is black. And during, and, and, they, and, and they are told to count the, uh, the balls, the white group, for example, or the black group, it doesn't matter, uh, uh, throws to the other group. And during one minute, this video lasts about one minute or one, one minute, 30 seconds. And during this video, a gorilla, a man in a gorilla costume came through and passed these groups. And I tell you what always happens, 90% or 95% are not aware having seen such a gorilla working or passing, passing through these groups during these, uh, let's say one minute or one minute and 30 seconds when they were still counting because their, 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 focus. They were, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, their attention were just on the, on the, on the groups who throw through the balls. Hmm. Uh, uh, they, you know, they, they were not attentive and, uh, and they, they didn't, they didn't figure out that there was a gorilla working through. So uh, in the moment you have such an extraordinary situation, what we call a near-death experience, where you're very orientated, certainly, and where you uh, see everything as real, certainly, you, you, don't have, uh, you don't focus your attention on such a shelf with such nonsense uh, uh, geometrical uh, pictures. Uh, this is a problem of the design of the study. Maybe such a study can be repeated sometime and maybe it will be a little bit better than it, it, it can be improved, but I'm pretty sure uh, there has many things have to be improved then. And uh, uh, unfortunately, this study was not very good from the design. Maybe we will have another one. Yeah, it's um, like the, the forest and the trees quote. Um, <laughs> Right, well, pretty much. So, um, I guess, so one final question here. Um, so yeah, when what do you think happens after we die? Do we just stay, like, does our essence kind of stay in this informational world? You know, informational world is that what we call it in the moment, but we don't know what is afterwards really we don't know mm. uh, let's let's take another metaphor for example you and a sibling are 
in your uh, in the mother's uh, uh, in the mother's uh, 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 how do you say uh, are an embryo and okay. uh, growing up as an embryo and now mm, mm, both of you are able to think about your situation what is going around what is going on and then you are talking to each other and first of all there, there, there was a, 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 a guy from the netherlands who made a very very nice theater Uh, 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 performance out of this because he created this. It was the dialogue of siblings uh, during their uh, uh, time of uh, uh, when they were embryos and they mm. were talking to each other. You can, you will figure you can find it in the internet. It's very interesting, but this I is will. a very fine metaphor for that. Let's think about you were you are talking about and then you say well. Um, uh, wait a moment. I can give you, if you have just one moment time, I can oh. I can figure that out in oh, wait, wait one moment. You're searching for something? I, I, I have found it. Okay. I, I, I will read it to you. Wait a moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I can give you because this is very impressive uh, and impressive. Um, you're you're going to read the story now? Is that? Is I will read the story because this is okay. Easier. Okay. <laughs> For yeah. me, it's much easier. No, this is good. Not, I like stories. You like stories. That's no, fine. this is good. Yeah. Uh, I must just find it. That's probably. That's okay. Uh, uh, so. You're not Googling, um, I know that. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, I have, I have, I've got it. It's okay. uh, out of one of my books. Okay. Our Key to Eternity, it, uh, it's a, a fiction book uh, from 2015. So, also it's a metaphor and uh, it was written by the Dutch theologian and philosopher Henry Nouwen. And the title was The Dialogue of Twins in the Womb. Uh, twin brothers were growing in their mother's womb. Weeks passed by and the boys kept growing. Say, isn't it just great that we were conceived? The twins began to explore their world. When they found the umbilical cord which connected them to their mother and gave them nourishment, they started to sing the praise of their mother. How great must be our, our mother's love that she's prepared to share her life with us. When the weeks passed and merged into months, they suddenly noticed how much they had changed. What does it mean? One of them asked the other. This means, the other replied, that our residence in this world will come to an end soon. But I don't want to leave, returned the first. I just want to stay forever. We don't have a choice, replied the other, but maybe there is a life after birth. How could that be? We will lose our umbilical cord. And how are we going to live without it? And besides, others have left the womb and no one has ever come back and has told us that there is a life after birth. 
No, this is definitely the end. So one of them sank into a deep depression and said, if conception ends with birth, what then is the sense of life in the womb? It is meaningless. There is probably not even a mother behind all this, but she must exist, the other objected. How else should we have come into ex existence? And how else could we be kept alive? Have you ever seen our mother, the other asked? She possibly only lives in our imagination. We have invented her because then we were able to understand our life more easily. And so the last days in their mother's womb were filled with many questions and great fear. At long last, the moment of the birth approached. After the twins had left their world, they opened their eyes and what they saw exceeded their wildest dreams. That was the end. We do not know what will happen afterwards, but we know, or we should know, we should be aware that there will be something and we should live as there will be something. We should live that way so that we don't have problems with uh, justice afterwards. What will bother us because we are guilt, we are guilty for that what we do over here. We have our free wish, our free will, and this free will has to lead us to uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to self-responsibility. And this self-responsibility has to change our life in a better way because we alone, we ourselves, are guilty for that what we do and have to, let's say, punish us selves, by ourselves. We will be our problem in the next way. I cannot tell you how it will be. I definitely tell you it will not be as some people believe that you come back into this life, let's say, in another body. This will not be. There are different dimensions of existence and we are now, we are still, we are now still in the first very beginning part of all these, let's say, levels of, of uh, existence. And, uh, uh, and our existence will continue after our death in a different way, but with the same personality, with everything what we have evolved down here, let's say down here, although down is uh, <laughs> a bad I get word. It. I get it. But, yeah, yeah, okay, but we don't have other words sometimes because we do not know how the whole situation is. Mm -hmm. So that that's the reason why we uh, misinterpret it with such words which do not match. Uh, down is a very bad one, I know, but I do <laughs> not have a, I do not have another one. So that's the reason why I say it. So that's it. When you ask me what happens after death, I tell you, both of us will still live after this, but I don't know how. I just can tell you that after that, according to my opinion and my convince, uh, convincement or uh, uh, conviction. So my conviction, uh, our life will go on with all at attributes and aspects of our complete personality we have involved during our life down, down again here. 
Well, now I'm going to have to add, I have to make some phone calls today after this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> so they'll, they'll, they'll probably ask me, Aaron, did you have a near death experience? I'm like, no, I just did a podcast on it though. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I want to thank you so much for your time. That was really interesting. And uh, I know I have to um, get to work here. Are, are you still um, practicing over there uh, in Germany? I Still practice? Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm retired, but oh, yeah. I'm still I'm still practicing one week, uh, one day a week in my former office and clinic, and uh, uh, I'm still on university have, holding lectures. Oh, nice! I'm in, I'm in the moment momentarily writing a new book, oh. Grander Than Whole Universe. This is the title, and uh, this will be published in German first, in, uh, first of all in German, uh, before Easter, and maybe in English language uh, uh, at the end of this year, or maybe the beginning of next year. Oh, and, very yeah, interesting. Yeah, grander than the whole universe. And um, so that's, I'm, I'm still busy, uh, and uh, hopefully I have time to be busy for some more years, maybe decades, not because I want to be uh, want to uh, want to become very old. That's maybe everybody maybe wants this, but it, it depends on your shape, on mm -hmm. my shape as well. Right. But just because that's what I already told you, I have a little bit the mission to convince other people with broad arguments, not with proofs, but with broad arguments, only that they change their life if it if they that the lives have to be changed too because it will be their own problem after their death to solve these problems they have established here and as more they affect and bother other people as more those people don't be able to get justice down here <laughs> in this life mm -hmm. uh, it will be necessary for those to, to, to perform justice to these people uh, uh, because justice does also exist, also, also exists. Even if we don't get it here, we will get it somewhere. Um, all right. Thank you so much. I look forward to sharing this and uh, hearing my listeners' feedback and um, definitely keep in touch when you're, you know, the, the book comes out. I'd love to read it. Yeah, um, certainly. Yeah. And excuse, please excuse my my English. It oh, please. Oh, please. Best. Never Everybody who like <laughs> is not American should never apologize for that. Because in America, we like we only learn English, and we're like really you know pompous people. Kind of, we can be. Like it's changing a little bit, but like everybody else in Europe, but like you know, uh, they know how will, to speak it English. It will be improved after after training it a little bit. Then it will be be, be better again. But <laughs> that's the same to other languages. I live here in the in the triangle border, triangle border between Netherlands, Belgium, and Germany, right in oh. the middle. Let's say it's a, a, a one kilometer. That means less than one mile to Netherlands, and it's about maybe two or three miles to Belgium from here, from my my position now. And so I also have to talk to be able to talk a little bit in <laughs> Dutch all, and in French as well, and in German and in English certainly, because English is uh, all over the world necessary. Uh. But it needs some time to get uh, acquaintance with it, uh, uh, and this is the problem. If you don't talk in English for a longer time, then it lasts a little bit, 
uh, uh, recovering your yeah. your language. Now my mother, <laughs> my mother speaks a little German and she speaks oh. French. She used to teach French, and I think. Um, oh yeah, That's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't. I take after my dad. He's horrible with language, and so am I. I remember when I and I was doing an internal medicine rotation, and mm-hmm. it was, and they're like, you know, they put signs above the patient's bed, like patient speaks. English patient mm-hmm. speaks Spanish and I, the sign said patient speaks Spanish and like everybody like me who only speaks our, our go-to was not to translate it was to speak louder like oh how, how you doing today oh he speaks Spanish oh how you doing today like <laughs> like they're not deaf yeah, yeah. so that's one thing I I left I wish I worked more on languages but I guess there's still time um but uh, <laughs> another question with this interview what will you do now with it um, going I'm to gonna, it yeah, well, I'm gonna, um, just edit it. Um, not, I'm not gonna take anything out. Just make sure, well, if there's any sounds, I don't know, like the knock on the door, or my dog barking, whatever that gets picked up. So I'll just edit it a little bit and then, um, yeah, I'll post it on yeah. my podcast and I'll send you the link and then I'll share it with, um, my yeah, listeners. That's it. Yeah. You have to cut it a little bit, I guess. <laughs> and then, no, I, and not then really. I, I honestly, I don't think so. And like podcasts are not like, um, okay. like people like okay. longer podcasts. Mine have actually been okay. shorter than, okay. than the longer ones, but I don't have time to like do a lot of them, you know, but, um, okay. Okay. I, I do try to feature interesting people and, um, people who are experts. Like I love to get, you know, like you're an orthopedic surgeon and wrote all about near death experience. That's cool. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. Yeah. And, uh, yes, okay. <laughs> but anyway, when you do but, that, please, uh, I'm very pleased to get the link. Uh, I will. Um, I will absolutely send it to you. And thank you again for That's your fun. time today. Enjoy the rest of your day there. Yeah, you too. Okay. Yeah? Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, hopefully you learned something. Um, maybe you have comments, questions, let me know. You can find me Instagram, Facebook. I, I like to hear what people think of, of my podcast. Um, you know, on a serious note, like, I mean, what's scarier than death for a lot of people? Not, not just, you know, your own death looming um, in front of you or somewhere around you, but um, losing someone you love, losing a pet you love, um, wanting to know where are they now? What happens? Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that haunts everyone. Um, anyways, I thought that was, um, cool. I learned a lot. Um, and I hope you guys subscribe, share the podcast and, um, hopefully, hopefully we will chat soon or I will see you soon. Um, don't forget to check out the blog at bloomingwellness.com. Um, yeah, that's it guys. Take care. Bye.